Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. If you're tuning into the podcast for the first time, welcome. Each week I am bringing you experts, guests, business owners, authors, mentors, and friends and sharing everything I know to help you navigate life, business, and everything in between. Today, we're sitting down with award-winning artist, author, illustrator, and owner behind Fox Hollow Studios, Tabitha Page. Her story is so incredible, and I'm so grateful just for this honest conversation of how all of the pieces of life and her experience really came together and is unfolding into this thriving business and this life and the success story that she dreamed of. So I know that you will walk away so encouraged as you hear her real life examples of how she's found clarity in, in creating the story of success for herself and how these few small steps and shifts in her work have ignited the path for her business to grow and thrive and support this life that she always wished that she could create. We're also talking about facing just our greatest fears in life and how she and other artists stay inspired. There's just so many great secrets, tips, and takeaways, and just stories that will encourage you and inspire you and reset you in your own success story. So take a listen to our conversation with Tabitha. Tabitha, thanks so much for being here. I am really, really excited about our chat today. Oh, I am too. I'm so grateful to be here. Well, I have been following your work for a really long time, and I would love for you just to shed some light on the span of your work and a little bit of your story so that we can kick off our conversation and people can really get to know you today. All right. This is a lot to unpack. Um, okay. So I am a full-time artist. Me and my husband run my business, Fox Hollow Studios, full-time. We do licensing, wholesale uh, partnerships with different brands. And I am a children's book author. And I've just started kind of combining my art and my painting with childhood development, which is another part of my background. And so we just kind of have this, this thing that keeps evolving and morphing into something bigger and crazier every single moment, it feels like. But that is basically what I do. I mentioned that my background, um, combining my background. So I used to be a speech therapist. I say I'm retired from that, probably forever. Uh, but it's a huge part of what um, my story is and kind of where I've gone and where I'm going and how things have kind of collided into these two worlds. So I would say that's kind of a definitely a part of my story. But Everything that I've done to get to this point has been the opposite of linear. This is the nothing about my journey has been linear. It has not been the orderly way that tip, people typically develop into a career or into um, their destiny or whatever you want to call it. And which I find just very, very interesting. Uh, I actually started painting professionally at the age of 13. Me and my sister had a mural painting business in downtown Houston where we painted for businesses, homes. And so literally I was doing my dream job at 13 years old. And it's been this strange, just up and down, going through this strange ebb and flow, ending up where I am now. I, I never thought I would have a career as an artist, even though I was professionally painting at that age. So it's just kind of a unique, I feel like, journey that I've taken that's taught me a lot about um, how you create goals and where you want to go with your life. It does not, it is not this linear pattern that the world teaches us that you have to follow to be quote unquote successful. It is your journey. You get to design it. You are the master creator of your path. So. I had no idea that you were a painter since you were 13. <laughs> you were an artist. I think I that is just such a good reminder for all of us. I think you're right. I think the world does teach us that A plus B equals to C. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get to D, you got to do C. And just this beautiful reminder that it, it doesn't have to be the way that you've seen everybody else do it. And even just these ways that 
past experiences interweave into your current work. I would love for you just to unpack a little bit how your background in in speech therapy and, and speech pathology just really integrated into art. Like, how did you get to the place where you decided I should combine my passion and my knowledge together to really create something that can have, you know, a multiplicative impact? Okay, well, I'll kind of fill in that weird gap, I guess, from 13 to now, because <laughs> it's kind of strange. But, you know, before I headed off to college, I had just decided just based on the narrative of the culture and the and the world at the time was, you know, you cannot make it as an artist. Artists, you are you will be a starving artist. Everybody's heard this and nobody wants to starve. So of course I'm like, I'm not gonna be an artist because I want to eat. So I had in my mind made up my mind that I wanted to get a quote unquote like a backup degree. So I picked speech therapy, that was going to be my backup degree. I was going to pursue art, but have this little backup degree. But as a speech therapist, you also have to get a master's. Most people get master's in order to practice. So here I spent four years minoring in art, majoring in speech pathology for a backup degree. And then, of course, you got to go to grad school. So then I spent two more years in grad school. So I've spent all this time and all this money getting this degree. Well, of, of course I have to do something with it. And then there's, you have to do like a clinical internship for a year. So all this time I spent going towards this goal and degree that maybe I didn't necessarily want to do full time, but I was just so scared. Like I had so much fear that I wouldn't be able to make it or have uh, you know, the income the goals that I wanted as an artist. So it was all really, I mean, truly out of this like place of fear of, oh, I just don't want to be lost. Well, all that education, all that time, I ended up practicing after that. And I actually found out I was pretty good at it. I really enjoyed it. I worked specifically with children with special needs, which had always been a passion of mine. I worked with um, adults, stroke patients. So I really had this rich five years of practicing speech therapy with no extra time on the side because I was working so much. I had no time to paint. So I was at this weird crossroads of I'm good at this, but I'm longing to paint like my desire and my heart is to paint. And with those two simultaneous feelings, I knew we wanted a family soon. That was also coming into the mix just in my young adult, young married life. And I absolutely knew I wanted to be home with my kids. And I'm like, how can I make this work? I am still paying off school loans for this expensive degree. I don't have time to paint and I wanna stay home with my children. This doesn't make sense what I'm doing right now. And so, I guess it was about, I don't remember the year, maybe five, six years ago. It was maybe more, maybe six, seven years ago. I asked my husband for one month. I said, if you'll just give me one month, I will do my part-time speech therapy job. I was seeing home health patients at the time. I will continue to see those patients, but I'm going to carve out a little bit more time and see if I can make it as an artist, just having just a little small shop on Etsy. Um, I'll do some, you know, more basic, easy paintings that are just something simple that I can just do a little bit faster than like a large oil painting. And I'm just, I just want to dip my toes in and see what it's like. And he agreed very lovingly to give me this space, not knowing what this was going to lead to. And one month, turned into two months and each month I dropped more patients off my caseload and began to paint more. And a little side note, my background is actually an oil painter. I would paint large scale oil paintings, a lot of uh, Western scenes, um, landscapes. And obviously that time 
the time that it takes to paint like that wasn't going to happen. So I decided to start a new painting process. I'd never really been a watercolor artist. So I grabbed some old watercolor paints, uh, which wasn't that big of a shift for me because oils are very difficult. So watercolor um, came a little bit pretty naturally to me. And um, even though it is a harder medium, but oils are challenging too. And I just started painting very small, just, you know, baby animals and just more home decor, just flowers and leaves, just something very simple that I could do quickly and um, get that creative outlet out without spending just hours and hours and hours on one piece. And after about four or five months, my tiny little Etsy shop started to really pick up pace. And at the same time, I was listening to these business podcasts because that seemed to be the missing gap why we have all these starving artists because they were missing this business mind and I will tell you I did not have a business mind it was very much creative type b art driven brain and I put so much time into really trying to understand how this can become a business and not just my hobby that I enjoy and that I'm good at um, so I listened to all these women, it was mostly women podcasts, just uh, teaching about how to run a business, how to make a creative business. And it just, it developed into an actual skill that I had to learn. It was a big, big learning curve. Um, but my Etsy shop just bloomed and grew. And I remember on one podcast, somebody had said, take your artwork, it was a creative podcast, take your artwork, just physically take it to somebody that you want to see your artwork. And I thought that was kind of crazy, but I just, I decided to do it. So I packaged up some of my artwork. I took it down to Waco, Texas, <laughs> when Joanna Gaines, um, their show had just started and they had a teeny, just their teeny tiny little shop. And I wrote a hand little, a little handwritten letter and I just gave it to the little girl at the desk. And I said, can you give this to Joanna, please? And she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and from that very random and very, I would say, gutsy and bold move, um, even expecting anything, it actually turned into a big part of my career into wholesale. So I know, crazy. And that is kind of, from that point, it just exploded. I decided to completely cut out speech therapy. I just did not have time for it at that point. We developed a wholesale relationship with Magnolia Market. And so many learning curves from that point on of mistakes and um, unlearning things. But that it just evolved into what I call now Fox Hollow Studios. And since then, it's just been this evolution to the point, fast forward five years, and my husband now um, has just recently quit his full-time job to run my business because there's so much to do. It's an actual full-functioning business at this point, which I never envisioned, never dreamed, did not think was possible. Um, but the, the depth doing so much licensing and wholesale and partnerships, and there was no way that I was going to be able to manage this on my own. And so we've, we have just made the decision to partner together and he runs the business amazingly. And I just get to paint, which is really what I want to do. That's all I want to do. And he gets to be my business mind and my business brain. But that's a strange evolution of how we ended up here and then tie speech therapy back into it. So, of course, you know, I'm still having this question, God, why did I go to school for six years and then practice for five years for it to, for nothing to come of it? It's such a service based career. Is there nothing? Is there anything that we can do with this skill that I have? And I felt like I had extremely good training 
just across the span of speech therapy that I just hated to see it go to waste. And funny enough, not funny enough because this is how God works, two crazy things happened. I was approached to write a children's book combining um, early language development, which was one of my specialties, with my art and wrote three books that come in a set with a path to write many, many more books to help with child development alongside the artwork that I've created. So that happened. And then the other crazy thing that happened is uh, three years ago, my son was born with a severe disability. And he will he will have severe disability his entire life. And the skills that I had gained as a speech therapist matched perfectly with my son's needs. I mean, how much how, I mean, that's provision right there. I knew I wanted to stay home with my children and I thought art was could potentially be that path after we had started our business. But not only that. I have these skills to actually care for my child in a very unique way through feeding therapy, speech therapy, all the skills that I had developed, which it all has come full circle because the whole purpose of my whole journey was never about painting. It was never about this hobby of mine. It was always this desire to provide for my family in a way where I could be near my children, like raising them. I could work from home, doing something that I loved because that's important for my own personal peace, which is important for your children. So here we are in this place where I get all the, all the best of all the things. I get to be with my children. I get to raise my son and give him what he needs in a unique way. I get to paint every day and I get to hand over the business side to my husband to make more space to be mom. So I, I mean, of course that's been a journey, but it just shows you that um, no dream is too small and no, um, your version of success is your version of success. For me, it was never to have this business. For me, it was never about finances. It was always about children. It was always about being with my kids. And that's success to me. And I feel like I feel like the most successful person in the world because they get to be next to my kids every day. So I don't even know where to begin. Your story <laughs> gives me chills. I am so encouraged and inspired. And I feel like there were so many, so many moments in your story where I don't know, I, I just learned and I just grew by just hearing you sharing that. So first off, thank you for sharing and elaborating on your story. I think it's just so many things we can take away from that, you know, I think just seeing these desires planted in our hearts for a reason and nothing goes to waste. Mm -mm. <laughs> nothing goes to Absolutely waste. Not. And I just, I love where you just talk about you know, taking that next step. Maybe the next step was learning a little bit about business or just dabbling into art a little bit, or, you know, taking those prints and just dropping them off, like not worrying about what's going to happen, but just being faithful with the next step. And I think we get so focused on what's going to be the outcome and what's going to happen after this. And it's just such a great reminder that so much is out of our control, but what we can control is these gifts that we've been given. And how do I take them to the next place? Just one more degree, <laughs> one more degree, and be faithful with that and see what, see what comes of that. Uh, one of the things you just shared that I think I resonate a lot with, and I think a lot of people also resonate with, is we do a lot of life out of fear. We mm -hmm. build these big safety nets. We, um, we don't do 
because we operate out of fear. And I think that's something that I know I've struggled with just the fear and anxiety of, of the unknown or of uncertainty or of life in general. And, you know, I think fear and faith, right. They're so opposing sometimes. And yet that's how we live. And it's, I mean, I would love just to hear you just shed any light on what you've learned to step more and lean more into the faith side than operating out of fear. If you have got any light to shed on that. Oh man, I sure do. Cause fear has been my best friend for a really long time. I, um, I keep, I, I used to keep fear very close to me. It's comfortable to, you know, nurture your fear, that fear bug that we all have. And I think through this journey, every little step of, of just towing the line out of or towing the line into faith, we have seen provision every single time, you know, we, you know, quitting my full-time job, didn't know what was going to happen. We still had a nice safety net. You know, I could go get a job pretty much anywhere, kind of like a nursing career. Um, but towing that line, stepping out and going, you know what, this, this could work. This is just a little step of faith and we can, you know, I might be able to make a career out of this. And each time that I've taken that little tiny step, just like you said, we have seen provision every single time. I'm not saying that we haven't, I haven't come across so many failures and so many closed doors and so many no's, but it, that stepping out is so important and uh, related and not related in a way to kind of my career as an artist. But having, when Declan was born, that was a huge growth in my faith versus fear. Because, I mean, as if you can imagine, I'm sure anybody can imagine, you expect to have a child that is just like every other child that is going to develop typically. You're going to have the normal postpartum experience. You, um, This is how things are supposed to be. And when that did not happen for us, when we ended up at home with a one-year-old that was on a feeding tube, we are looking around the room going, what do we do? How are we supposed to move forward? This isn't right. This isn't normal. This isn't fitting into our plan. And we thank God every day for that plan not coming to our own fruition because of this path that we've been on. We have learned that even if, even if something doesn't happen, even if this plan goes completely a, a left turn, there's still going to be provision. You know, we can still look back and I can still see, or I can see so clearly that God put me down this path for Declan. And our, of course, our pri everything in our life shifted after he was born. Our priorities, what we felt like was important in life. Uh, and we wouldn't trade that for the world. And so I will say we had a big education in learning to lean into faith. And it was really, really, really hard. It was, and that's usually where people grow in that area is when you face your greatest fear. And I will tell you, my greatest fear was having a child with a disability, having worked with children with disabilities my whole life. Mm -hmm. And once you are face to face with the worst fear you can imagine, and all you can see is grace and provision. It's not so scary anymore. There's not many more things that can scare you. Um, I mean, it's still a battle, of course. But um, yeah, that is it, that is just part of our journey as humans is um, growing in those areas and learning to lean into faith. And I, of, I, of course, I think having kids in general brings that out in all of us moms is learning to walk in faith because before kids, we could control our own little world pretty well with kids. That's all out the window. You, you learn very quickly. You have very, very little control over these little humans that True. God gives us. And, you know, our exam, my example is a little bit more extreme having a child with a lot of difficulties, but I would say that's, um, 
that's a big journey for all of us parents, not just moms, but parents is uh, letting go of these expectations that we have decided will be the only way we can have a happy life or a successful life. We have to let that go and realize that there's a bigger path. There's a bigger goal in this life um, and how we can create a family environment and a family life that melds into that long-term purpose of why we're here on this planet and how um, we can use those gifts that God's bestowed upon us to serve others and to serve our family. And anyways, that's my goal. That's my personal goal is combining all of these things uh, to serve God and serve other people and serve my family the best that I can with these gifts. And that comes through trusting and having faith that he gave you a gift or a purpose for a reason. I love this conversation so much, <laughs> so much. This has just been one of my, my favorite conversations. I feel like there's, there's so much truth and just depth to your story and, and to the experiences that you've had. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you talked about these moments in life, right? Where you're faced with, whether it's fears or changes or stepping back mm -hmm. or stepping into or leaning into something where a change has to be made. And it might be a small change or it might be a big change. And you shared a little bit about this even earlier in the story about starting watercolors, right? Mm -hmm. Just starting something, doing things a little bit different and different isn't always a bad thing. Different can lead to really incredible things, whether it's, it's lessons, it's things you want to do or don't want to do, but yeah. leaning into different and in your experience, you know, from whether it's your know, speech or murals, right. As a kid to oil paintings, watercolors, mm -hmm. I mean, books, cards, like there's so many, there's an evolution of so much of what you've done that is painted with your story. It's mm -hmm. evolved as your story has evolved. How do you know when it's time to, you know, even in those smaller ways, like how, how have you known when it's time to make that change, to try something a little bit different? The pivot. Right. The pivot. <laughs> this is that entrepreneurial word that we all, um, it haunts us sometimes at night, but we all are, we're always thinking about the pivot. How can you pivot when COVID strikes, when you end up home with your kids all day long, you know, all these things that happen. And I find that it goes back to your purpose and your your main priorities and goals. I mean, not just for your business, but I'm talking about in your life, in your family, what for me a long time ago, I defined what that looked like. Me and my husband did this together. What does um, success, uh, what does that look like to us just as a family unit? And like I've mentioned, that is being very present for my children. Um, having inner peace even and working full-time did not give me inner peace. It gave me anxiety and chaos at working like a corporate job. And so like, what is it that is the healthiest thing for your family and your goals? Not what the world tells you is important, not what the world tells you is success, but for you and your little family, if nothing else mattered, if finances didn't matter, if none of this mattered, just whittle it down to the important thing. And when you know what that is and what that looks like, it's a lot easier to pivot. And I'll give you an example. Every time as my business has grown, it started out as this tiny little baby, this tiny little baby Etsy shop of, you know, selling a couple prints a month and it's ex expanded into this actual functioning real business. Um, but every time it got a little bit bigger, every time that baby business grew, it required more of my time. And so I would have to figure out, okay, how can I make this work with my family goals? How, what can I do to, spend more time with them, 
but still develop this business, whether that was outsourcing or whether that was doing less commission work and pivoting more into licensing, um, where that's more passive income. Um, and then, of course, we come full circle six years down the road and this business that I could hardly keep my head above water. Now my husband is running this and I just get to paint. So all of these little pivots that we took, you know, licensing, wholesale, um, writing children's books, creating children's material, all of that happened out of necessity to create that, to keep up with the business basically, while still maintaining our family goals of being present, uh, having quality family time, getting to enjoy respite together. Um, so that was always in the forefront and all these pivots had to happen to keep that goal in the forefront. That's such a great picture. I'm such a visual person. And just to think about having that conversation that is grounded. And so anytime the winds blow, it's like you have these roots to come back to that say the roots aren't going to mm-hmm. move. <laughs> How can I keep growing, but keep this right where it needs to be and where it's supposed to be? Because I do believe that the winds are going to blow and the waves are going to come and the sun's going to scorch us. (laughs) All those things are going to happen. But those roots, if they're not firmly planted where they need to be, it's so easy to get uprooted, right? To get uprooted and just isn't going to work or leave the things that we said mattered, but we're not living a life that's reflective of that. And so I love that you have found a way to figure out, okay, maybe these aren't really big changes, but how can I do it a little bit different to still keep those things Mm. that are important and just letting things evolve as they go and just letting go of so much of this control of to be done this way. Like this is the way that so-and-so that I see out there on Mm -hmm. social media or out in this world of whatever the craft that you have is doing. Like there's, there's not one right way. It's, stepping into your way and what works for your family and grounding that story, I think is, is so crucial. So with all that you have going on, you know, being a mom and running a business, right? Painting, doing all the things you love to do and, and traveling all over the country. How do you stay inspired? You know, we talked a little bit about how you stay grounded, but how do you stay mm-hmm. inspired to continue just to come up with such beautiful work, whether that's in your home or that you share with the world, like what do you do to just stay inspired? Oh man. Okay. This is a hard question for artists because in a perfect world, I would say I was inspired all the time. Like I was always painting and I'm always in this like groovy inspirational zone. Um, but that's, that's not really how an artist's brain works. And I'll give you just a little insight. Um, I feel like it's this this ebb and flow, this up and down, this mountaintop, this valley to stay inspired. But I find that so fueling because when I'm having just creative slump and I am not able to be inspired and I'm kind of down in that valley, uh, I am praying about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm wishing that I had good inspiration but at the same time, we're saying I'm telling myself, okay, I'm not going to force this because this is just one of those uh, patterns in an artist's life. And so I'm going to lean into that and we're going to take off for a month and we're going to go travel. I'm going to go take pictures. I'm going to go gather inspiration and um, try to shift my mindset instead of just producing and just creating. I, sometimes I have to put that aside and just go be, just go be with my family, be with uh, my kids, be in nature. And then pretty shortly after we start climbing back up that hill, that mountaintop of inspiration, and then it all comes crashing down. It's this beautiful tidal wave of inspiration that just seems to fall fall down. Just uh, it, it's unpredictable. It, I don't, I never know when that's going to happen. I feel like a surfer sitting on my surfboard, like waiting for that perfect wave. And that's another part of faith too. It's like, God, am I ever going to have inspiration again? Am I ever going to have something to paint that I really want to paint again? 
And that's part of that faith. But I find that comforting just because that's just life. That's all of us. It doesn't matter if you're an artist, um, whatever your outlet is, whether it's just, you know, feeling like you're in a slump with creating activities to entertain your children. It doesn't matter what it is. We all go through those ups and downs where we feel like we're just killing it. And then we feel like, oh man, is this ever going to, is this ever going to come back? Am I ever going to feel good about this part of my journey again? But I really feel like just stepping aside and leaning into those seasons because it's all seasons. If you kind of look at your life like that, you know, summer, winter or summer, fall, winter and spring, we do different things throughout the year. Our minds go to different places throughout those seasons. And that's no different with creativity and inspiration. And you know what, if we need to be a little bit more internal for a season and just more reflective and work on just a different part of our hearts and our minds, then that later will probably fuel that inspiration and creativity. So I don't know if that's a good answer. I know it's not like your typical no, that's like, a great well, answer. I'm inspired, but... I, I think you're just finding cool. beauty in each of the seasons, you know, and mm. just thinking of just winter in general, right? Winter is, it's very cold. There's not a lot of things you can do, but yet there are a lot of things that you can do and, you know, finding beauty yeah. in those seasons. And I think at least for me personally, with a background in, in business, right, it's, it's, you go to work and you produce mm-hmm. the same amount of hours every day. You produce the same amount of hours every day, almost like this factory worker, like this total, assembly line of work. And I remember like early in my career, I used to take so much pride in not ever having to use my vacation days. It's like, I'm here, I'm at work. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sick, Mm -hmm. but I'm here, which is so terrible now. Please go home. You're sick. But I took so much pride in being like, I can be sick and I can be at work, working, Mm -hmm. still cranking out work. And then you wonder why you, you lose, you know, so much of this. And I think there was a place probably about four or five years ago where you know, we had to start taking our days at my former job and thinking, okay, I guess I'm going to have to take them. And it was the beginning of, I think, so much of a learning curve for me and why there are these seasons. And I know I shared this a little bit with you right before we um, started this conversation, but just, you know, we just took a bunch of a bunch of time off and we took two weeks to go explore in nature and just be with our family with no computer, no iPad, right? Like nothing, just leave everything behind. We're not working on anything work-related. We're not answering to anything work-related. And it was such a beautiful time. And I can't remember any time. I was so scared. I was so scared to lean into, you know, it's been about six weeks that I just timed out. And I don't know. I feel like it was such a lesson that You've, you've got to have these, like you said, ebbs and flows, these valleys where all the growth, right? Actually, truly in the real world, I think the growth starts to happen mm-hmm. in these valleys and you see it start to spring up to the top of these mountains. Yeah. But I think we feel like every day needs to be a mountaintop. Every day needs to be produce, yeah. produce, produce. And I love that insight just from an artist's perspective because I'm not a creative to be reminded, right? Like you're not painting nine hours a day, every single day. Mm -hmm. And the more that you paint, the better you get. Yes. Right. Like the more you hone on your craft, the more it it evolves, but at the same time, like that's not the beauty of it, right? It's the season to paint and the season to be inspired and the season to just rest and step back and just reflect on like, what is, I feel like, you know, when people are alive in their work, you notice it, whether you're a teacher, whether Mm -hmm. you're an artist or whether you're an executive, like when people love what they do, you can feel it, you can hear it, you can sense it. And so I just want to share that challenge with anyone who listens to this episode of figuring out what's going to reignite the things that you love, because that's where the world really gets to see your passions and your, your work shine is when you have found that place to rejuvenate and refresh and be restored so that you can go back out and flourish in the work that you do. So I'm so glad you've shared that artist insight because in my mind, I'm thinking like you paint, you wake up painting and you go to sleep painting and life (laughs) is all just a big painting. (laughs) Oh, I wish. And you know, artists, you know, just talking to artist friends, like close friends, we all get like artist envy, like, oh, that person on social media, I mean, we all do this just in our own little niches and whatever, motherhood, whatever it is. 
we're like, oh, she paints all day long. I'm like in a slump right now. What's wrong with me? But nobody's highlighting these slumps, you know, especially when you run a business, you're, you're not like stopping for a week to be like, I have nothing to paint. I have nothing to do. Nobody's doing that. Um, yeah, we try to be as authentic as possible, but in reality, we're all going through these flows. I would say motherhood taught me that more than anything, because when you have that baby, you, you are forced to slow down in life. Whatever you were doing, you have to put the foot on the brake or you're going to burn out and your baby's not going to be happy and everything's not going to probably work out. And so I think we all have to step back and go, this is part, this seasons are part of everybody's life. I'm not the weird one over here that's not feeling inspired or that's having to stop to care for my newborn infant. Like I'm not the only one. We're all doing this. It's just happening at different paces. So when you see somebody else's success or somebody else just grooving and jamming and whatever they're doing, they will have their drop down where there's less inspiration and there's less time and there's less um, growth. But we all are going through that. It's just at different paces. We're all in different wavelengths and it's all happening at a different time. So just knowing that and feeling comfort that you're not a weirdo, it's not just you <laughs> and leaning into that space of, okay, this is, I feel this. I feel this is my time to just do something else or take a break or settle down or journal more or whatever it is to kind of reset and go into that wherever, whatever season you're in. You know, I, I find it that winter season just with my art. It's really interesting for me to watch how it matches up with the seasons. Like my inspiration just comes alive in the spring. I do a lot of um, research and photographing in the summertime and I'm kind of jazzed up a little bit more in the fall, but more in an internal way, but I'm more preparing like for the winter knowing that there's a lull coming. And then by winter, I'm just tapped out creatively and I'm just internal, but I've set my whole year up to carry me to that point where I can just nestle down into that winter season. I feel like you just painted that picture for all of us. <laughs> like every season is for another season, you know, going yeah. back to the, all the stuff that you did and yeah. all of your education, right? That was part of the season that was preparing you for a season, a couple of seasons down the road, even though yeah. there was a big pause from all of it, yeah. even though you stepped away from all of it, there was still something that was going to be repurposed into to create something even bigger and even greater. And even more beautiful. You know, I, I think so much of your work, I know you share this too, is just really embedding calmness and mm. simplicity in, into your work and into your art. And I would kind of love to, to wrap up our conversation with just sharing a little bit about that, like how we can all just put more calmness and simplicity into our lives. Yeah. So just the content that I paint and that I've always gravitated towards is just paintings that personally give me peace and give me a feeling of just pulling away all the chaos and all the noise from the color choices that I use. Everything is just very calm and muted and earthy and nature-based because truly those are all of the things that keep me grounded because my intuition, my natural state is chaos. It's up here. I thrive and I do very well. And I know a lot of people that are like this, that thrive in the chaos and that, you know, I can do 50 tasks at one time. And we put that on a pedestal sometimes. I would not say that's the best quality that I have living in that state because I can stay in that state too long. And that only leads to self-destruction, burnout, chaos, my children being stressed, my family being stressed. And so I have to put all this, all this effort into bringing my own personal self down and bringing my own schedules and um, whatever it is, I have to bring peace back to my world 
for my family's sake, for my sake, for my mental health. And art has always been a part of that. And so I find myself painting subject matter that is calming and peaceful for me. The act of painting is calming and peaceful for me. So that's helping. Then the content I'm creating, I mean, I'm not using those, you know, those abstract paintings where you see reds and pinks and blues and it's just like all this color. That just doesn't fit. That doesn't work for my own personality because I'm trying to bring a little bit of it, bit more calm and peace down. I'm trying to bring myself down. And so anyways, so all the artwork that you'll see that I create, whether it's oil paintings or watercolor or just pencil drawings, you will see me painting so much uh, nature because that is also where I find um, respite and restoration surrounding myself really my painting career started out pretty selfish because I'm I'm like I want painting surrounding me that is going to make me feel good and happy and calm and so that's kind of where I started creating all of this content all of this artwork uh, but I really I always hope that my artwork brings that feeling for other people that need that some people need that very colorful vibrant artwork that maybe are more introverted and more calm at their normal state. But for people that are like me that live in this chaos zone that are busy and driving kids back and forth and trying to do all the things, my hope is that my artwork finds those people and helps to bring the same sense that I have into their lives. So that's really my goal when I paint. I think like that calmness and simplicity, it sounds so counterintuitive, but I think it's something that it all of us can bring back into our lives to just give us that moment to, like you said, mm -hmm. just reset and, and really refocus our lives on the things that are, are really important. And I think we bring so much noise and so much of the loud mm -hmm. and so much distraction. And I think we all can just use that reminder today of bring more calmness and bring more simplicity into your life and into your world, whether that's through art or through nature or through rest. I think it's something that we can all walk away with just challenge today to, to think about. And so I would just love to end with, you know, any tips on business tips, like running a business that you would like to just share in turning your passion and what really lights you up into a business? Oh, well, like I said earlier, I mean, success is really creating the life that you specifically and uniquely design for the needs of your family. That should be what success looks like to you. And if you have a creative passion or something that really, like for me, art brings a lot of peace and calm into my life. So it's good for just my mental health. If you have something like that, a hobby or whatever it is, there is nothing, there is nothing out there. There is no hobby. There is no uh, skill or gift that you've been given that can't be used. And so pray about it and seek out ways to use those gifts and to create whatever success looks like in your life. Um, Try to find ways to combine those gifts and those skills into that successful life. There's a way. And it might be selling your house. It might be homeschooling. You know, we've done all these crazy things to create the life that is good for us and good for our mission as a family. Um, and then I would just say in general, and I could talk about this subject forever and ever, but don't let the world define what good looks like. Don't let the world define what success looks like. You know, this, you have to get a degree. You have to go to college. You have to get married. You have to have kids. You have to get the big house and then upgrade and then upgrade and then upgrade. And it's this never ending picture of what the world finds as success. And you don't have to follow that path. Follow what, God is calling for your life and what purpose, what gives your family a purpose driven life as a family unit. And that is good. And that is what 
is going to give you success. So, so good. So much good stuff. Your story is beautiful. Your words are beautiful. Your kids are beautiful. And I love just following all of your adventures on the road. Like you said, selling your house and just getting out there and embracing a season of adventure and letting, you know, the world just let it flow, just let it turn into what it turns into. And, and I would love for you just to share where people can follow your next adventure and all the work that you're doing. Yes. So you can follow me on my social media. I'm, uh, I post pretty regularly on Instagram. Fox Hollow Studios um, is my business name. You can also find me at foxhollowstudios.com and tabithapage.com. And that's all through, you can find that through social media. And on my Instagram, I post a lot about our family, our family adventures, kind of what we're doing, my art process, where you can find my art, any new books that are coming out. So yeah, that's where you well, can I find I will share me. all of those links in the show notes. And I thank, thank you so you. much for inviting us into your story and into your world and just sharing all of you with all of us. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was great. I just love this conversation so much. There were just so many things that I personally took away from my conversation with Tabitha, and I'm sure that you did too. So I will share all of the information on how to follow Tabitha, where you can find all of her work. We personally have a handful of her art pieces just throughout our home and office and love the books are definitely our go-to gift. So you'll definitely have to go check those out if you're looking for something just different and unique and amazing because they are truly just that. And while you're at it, would love for you to leave some feedback on the podcast, whether that's stars or words. I am so grateful for feedback. Many of y'all know I have worked in customer experience for many years. I've probably literally read millions of reviews and I know that feedback is truly a gift. So I'm asking you for that gift today so that this episode can continue to get shared with so many as well as so many of the other episodes out there. And if you haven't already, go subscribe to the podcast. That's my soapbox. So here are today's golden nuggets, truths and takeaways, as I always share in each and every episode. So hope that you will hold on to these today as you venture back into your day, your story of success. Number one, lean into whatever season you're in and just be encouraged, finding comfort and knowing that seasons are part of everyone's life. So lean into the season that you're in. Number two, There's a bigger story being written and each part of your life is being woven together into a true work of art. Nothing is wasted. Number three, no dream is too big. Number four, if you have a longing or have a passion, try it small and see what transpires. Number five, do the next best thing. As Tabitha mentioned, whether that was just growing her business mind or trying a different medium of art, but just do the next best thing. And that's it. And that's enough. Number six, the journey isn't linear. And that, my friends, is truth. But even when things don't go as planned, there is provision. Number seven, ground your story. Get rooted in the things that matter now and the things that will matter then. And lastly, don't force inspiration. Lean into those ebbs and flows and do what the artists do. Go be and not do. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. And until next time.